0: It's very interesting to observe people, not in a stalkerish kind of a way, because that can get you arrested, but in a way, like, just in general, people are very interesting. You know, if you, when you watch people, I was just driving through town yesterday, within five kilometers, maybe, and, uh, and I saw, you know, you see a group of friends, they're often midterm, like, and, there was three or four girls, and they were all wearing exactly the same clothes. Like they all had black jeans, right, with massive tears in them. Like my granny, God rest her, just simply could not understand why on earth anybody <coughs> would put on such tattered clothes. Without. How do you even get them on, by the way? How do you <coughs> put your foot through? I have, a, I have a pair of jeans with a little cut in the knee, right? And every time I put it on, my toe goes through it. and That's going to be a fashion one day. Someone's going to put on a pair of jeans, right? The foot's going to get caught more than the tears, tear off the leg. And that's going to be the new fashion jeans with one leg mine are so torn it took the whole leg off it's going to be of but even in group group dynamic right group dynamic how they're all wearing exactly the same clothes right all wearing exactly the same kind of jeans you notice when in, in, in you're teaching as well how class dynamic it can be kind of fickle sometimes you know when uh one guy, there was one guy, one girl who's quite evidently the class leader. They have kind of their say, their response or lack thereof will affect the whole class. Whereas you know, you, can, you kind of win him, you win the class, you win your freedom, Maximus. You know, you, you, once you get him, once he's on side, once he says uh, for story without like, and he asks a question where he's actually engaging, then you've got the whole class. So it's very interesting group dynamic how, how we affect each other without even necessarily realizing it. We affect each other. We, we can lift each other up and we can drag each other down. Uh, you've got someone who's, who's in good form. It can kind of bring a bit of light and warmth and joy into the room. If someone goes, oh, woe is me. Everything is just so bad. Why? I, I don't know. It's just hard. <laughs> and, and suddenly the mood of the whole room just goes, yeah, I suppose it is. We should walk the whole way over there to get our breakfast. Okay. <laughs> and like Everything is just, no coffee and like, everything is just the end of the world. And you see how it can kind of start to affect things and everyone starts to kind of get pulled down. Conversely, when we're positive, when we're joyful, when we kind of get stuck in, we can lead others to do the same. We don't know much about our apostles. Uh, the Apostles of today since Simon and Jude, uh, very, very little. Jude, always known as Sadeus, Um like we, we know very little about them, but it 's not really important. what we do know. well, uh, they died martyrs hence somewhere in red, uh, but <clears throat> they were able to lead people. and leading people isn 't all about necessarily being the smartest or being not even necessarily the most capable. You can lead people who are actually more capable than you. Uh, holier than you, or more virtuous than you, you can still lead them. Uh, leadership, I think, fundamentally is rooted in two things. I'll probably add a third by the time I get to the second one, that tends to happen, but definitely two that come to mind immediately. One is conviction. When a person is leading, they have to know where we're going, right? You have to know what do we aim to achieve here. If you don't know what you want, it's going to be very difficult to, to, to lead people to achieve it, you know? So, any group, if it's the GAA, you know, we want to provide, we want to you know, pr- preserve our, our national heritage, these sports, and uh, we want young know, people to engage in them, we want people to enjoy the sport. That's our goal. Everyone gets stuck in, someone leads the way, and people row in because they believe the same thing. So, conviction. There has to be a, a clear direction to the thing. Uh, and secondly, I think it's coherence person who's leading has to live by what they has to has to practice what they preach they say in italian uh he uh, preaches water but drinks wine good expression he preaches water but drinks wine so like if we're going to lead we have to be leading from the front by example all all good leaders do so uh, if they if they intend to lead people you have to lead from the front uh so i think these things are very very important then also in in the faith also in the church also to recognize your role and my role without necessarily even realizing it, that we lead people, that people follow us, that people see us. So it's a, it's a very interesting question to ask ourselves. Who, who are we following and who's following us? Who are we following and who's following us? Like who, whose example affects me? And then is that is this a good example or a bad example? Who do I allow myself to be influenced by? What's that thing? Uh, is it on Instagram? People call themselves influencers. Mm. Is that a thing? That's a thing. Imagine. Hi, my name is Tammy, and I'm a influencer on Instagram or Insta, because you haven't time to say gram, All right? So um, imagine like classifying yourself as a, I'm an influencer. Wow. Sorry, I just think that's a wee bit arrogant. <laughs> I don't know. call me judgmental, but I don't know. Right, okay. Uh, but, so, I mean, they, they actually intend very deliberately on leading people. They intend to influence people. Very interesting concept. Uh, as opposed to just kind of living a certain lifestyle or making certain choices and hoping that will be inspirational love by itself. No, I'm deliberately trying to lead people. I don't know. Uh, but in, in our faith, we, we do We will lead people. We do lead people, even as it is yourselves here in Holy Family. Uh, Your example lifts the atmosphere or drags it down. You lead people to prayer, you lead people away. You lead people to the Lord, or you lead people away. Absolutely, again, astounding responsibility there that I can actually lead people away from God. Imagine. I can lead people away from heaven. We've spoken of this before now, like different people. I mentioned a professor there a couple of weeks ago. He was just teaching absolute rubbish uh, in a a theological faculty in a certain university. But like, you know, basically denying the divinity of Jesus, that Jesus, you know, made mistakes and he learned, you know, this kind of rubbish. Imagine, like, you're responsible then for all the people who have listened to your words and have had their image of Jesus diluted or outright killed uh, because of your words. You're actually responsible for that. You know, so so who, who, who are we leading, like? Who's actually following us? You'd be surprised. We go home when our community members here in Holy Family, when they go home, often their brothers, sisters or parents say, well, you've, you've changed. You've grown up. You make your bed. Isn't that right? Yes, that's what they'll say. Yeah. Uh, you know, that you've, you've, you've changed. It's great. Not that you were horrific before, but you're definitely better now. Uh, so it's just it, like, people see that we've changed. And that becomes... An example, my prayer life had this effect on me. I used to be uh, irrational, or I used to be uh, very quick-tempered. Now, while that nature is still there, I've managed to control it. (coughs) Uh, I used to be somewhat maybe lazy or selfish. I remember when I was in seminary, uh, we had one lad who was Italian, and them Italians likes their foods, so he would—he uh, was incredibly picky at home, but we didn't know that. Once he came to the seminary, you eat what's served or you go hungry. So there you go. So he had to eat what was served, whether he liked it or not, or went hungry. So his mom came to visit a couple of months later, and she was actually in tears. She sat at the dinner table and, like, what do they call them? French beans and green yokey things. French beans, beans, peas, yolks, beans, beans. Green. Huh? Peas. Green, no, the long ones. The long yeah, green green, peas. green beans. Peas. It's like like peas in the pod, whatever they're called. Yolks, the I can't stand them. Anyway, so they were served up, and he ate them, and his mother actually cried. <laughs> she actually, oh my god, this he's eating green beans, whatever they are. Uh, he's never eaten. Honey, just say he's never, eaten, never, my, my, never, never eaten them, and uh, and because he had actually grown up, he was incredibly, you know spoiled, dare I say, and uh, he had learned to overcome his sensitive palate and simply eat what was served. You know, then like that becomes an inspiration to his little brother looking on. This is what prayer does. So without realizing it, we, we lead and our leadership can lead people to God or lead people away from him. So in order to lead people to the Lord, which obviously should be our goal, was the goal of the apostles, we need that conviction. We need to know where we're going. And obvious as it may sound, but yet unfortunately necessary as it is to say today, we have to then believe that the Lord is enough, that Jesus is enough. Because if he's not, or if he's one of the many solutions to our difficulties and problems, then why bother? Why bother? Why, why lead people to the Lord if there are other solutions? So go, go somewhere easier. So we, in the church, we have to absolutely have that conviction. Not only that Jesus is enough, but that Jesus is absolutely essential. And without him, there is no solution. There is no peace, there is no salvation. There is, scripture so clearly says, there is no salvation outside of Jesus. He is the way to the Father. The way, the truth and the life, not a way, a truth and a life. Without Jesus, there's no life. There's no heaven, that's it. Like without being too in your face about it, we have to be convinced about these things. Otherwise, what's the point of mission? What's the point of the people doing grand for they're recycling, they're fine. Absolute conviction. And then secondly, coherence. We have to lead from the front by our example, by our prayer lives, by our overcoming of our own virtue of that. And so this is what we ask today to the possession of our, our two same saints, saints. Simon and Jude, that we may be absolutely convinced and live that conviction that Jesus is essential, that our faith isn't just an optional extra, but that without Jesus we don't get down. And secondly, that we lead from the front, that our lives will be coherent with our faith. No substandard moral life or or conversation or what we view on the internet whether we're seen or not, all those kind of things like that. We'll just be coherent with our faith of what the Lord has called us to with the sanctity that we are called to. So we ask the good Lord to form our hearts anew according to the hearts of our apostles, according to the heart of our Blessed Lady. Amen.